You're listening to Earth Tribe Radio, www.earthtriberadio.com. Hey, Joe. Hey, Fiona. So one of the things I've been wanting to ask and share with people for a while, because it's very confusing and, and uh, it sets people separate separate from other people which is what is it like to be a star and I know you 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 stopped acting a long time ago but when you were acting you were a star so what is it that and I know you were maybe not a conventional star is anybody a conventional star I mean don't many people think of themselves as ordinary people I guess some people some people don't like, did, do some of the actors think they're super powerful, or do most are most actors and stars just normal people? I think you have a bit of both. I've worked with, um, I, well, I guess I could say Charlton Heston. My uh, this was my swan song. I have to say, the last thing I did on film, um, and it was a torturous experience. To, to tell you the truth, because of the egos that were involved. And before I signed to do this film, I had said to the director when he was asking me if I would do it, I said, look, does, does everybody have a sense of humor? You know, because this is how, you know, you, you're creative together. And he said, oh, yes, not one of them had a sense of humor. <laughs> Took themselves extremely serious, and the, their role in the public eye, and was the toupee on straight, or was... Is, and every person coming in and out of the elevator was his audience come to see him. It was... This was... This was, you know, so sad to me, so sad to me, and I realized at this point at the end of my acting career, that I had got the whole thing wrong. Instead of living a, somebody else's life on celluloid, I would rather have the movies make a movie about my life because it's been so extraordinary. So I'm, you know, leaving the the business to have an adventure and then you get people you know Anthony Hopkins quite well but the other day um, we saw him in a, a restaurant in Ojai and uh, he seems to be um, I went there to just ask him a question but it, he seems to be much more low-key more mm-hmm. Less, more like an ordinary person, but mm-hmm. still nervous. I mean, I think one Shy. of the... I think mm-hmm. what happens when you become a star is it's very uncomfortable for a lot of people because it means people are watching you at all, at all times. Mm-hmm. So it's like you never... You're always expected some... It's the feeling of expectation. Somebody's expecting some words of wisdom or witticisms or something from you that's out of the ordinary and you're just an ordinary person and Tony is a craftsman he's an actor he's a craftsman so it doesn't mean he's anything other than a craftsman he's very good at what he does he's also a great painter and he's also a great musical ear so he's an all-around creative force he is Uh, but there are some people who just want to be a star and uh, known for their beauty or whatever, and I, and so the the, the smallest things um, matter to them. I could tell you stories, but you know, I, I, 
I, I, I'd rather, I always felt I wanted to do the craft, but I don't want to be seen, you know. Hence the radio. I love the radio, but I don't want to be seen. And it never dawned on me that people would want to talk about me because I didn't think I was any different than anybody else. Um, but I did for a while because I had a couple of or three TV shows that were successful, Masterpiece Theater ones, and also the Western out here. And Poldak. Oh, Poldak was one, one of the Masterpiece Theaters here, BBC. And uh, the Golden Bowl was before that. And then Arturi, uh, Arturo Ui, also for the BBC. So you were talking about when, for example, doesn't it make you feel a little bit alone in a way too? Mm -hmm. Because you were saying when you would go to pick your son up, everybody would just move back. Part, they would part the way. Um, and it was awful. I mean, I wanted to talk to the other mothers, you know, but everybody would sort of stand apart and as if, I don't know, it would... Uh, and I would go in dungarees, you know, with the straps over it, and I'd have um, wrenches hanging out of my back pocket because I was doing building at that time. And I had reticulated beams in the back of my Citroen, and I had to have this, the sunroof open to get the, the beams in. I'd go pick him up at school with a parrot on my shoulder. <laughs> And people would just sort of step aside. Well, now that I'm telling you, I can probably see why. <laughs> but, you know, that was my normal being. I was a normal person. I liked uh, doing construction work. I liked designing things. I liked writing. I liked all, a lot of different things. How was it for you with people always, in a sense, wanting something from you? Like, you were saying that about that a minute, which is like wanting you to be one way but also you know like not being able to really just do things spontaneously how was that for you oh it it was feeling like I was being put on show all the time mm. and so a lot of people when they're dating in you know when you're out in Hollywood or wherever the films are um you know the the movie companies would put people together to date to get get publicity and stuff like that but nowadays it's it's really hard uh, because there are I, I don't I, I don't know how how people do it now I'm I keep thinking of myself as a recluse but I think I always was to, to a measure of degree which is why this was so hard a profession to be now when I was on stage which is what I studied for at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art um the stage, there's that fourth wall between you and the audience. So your world is w within the stage that you're, that you're creating. And that was a craft. That was a craft. Uh, once we got to filming, I realized it was a different kind of a craft because that's what interested me in it, not just being pretty on the screen and saying useless words. It's, a cr you know, and uh, I guess I learned a lot when I did Cimarron Strip for CBS Studios back in the day, uh, back in the 60s, I guess it was, uh, I learned a lot because we did 90 minutes filming for a 90-minute show a week or on this uh, week and a half it took us to do all of that. That was 
Uh, we were, and then sometimes we were doing two episodes at once on two different stages, and we, we didn't even know what the storyline was. So there's a lot of uh, a lot that I learned, a lot that I learned that was really very interesting, and I'm really interested in continuity. I can spot bad continuity faster than anybody in a film or a show. In a film, and I could, yeah. Oops, that didn't match. That didn't. Oh, he's not holding that. I get, I get it straight away. Well, I think some people go into the movies or go to look to be actors so that they can be a star. Some people yeah. go into it for money, right? Recognition, and some people go into it because it is an art that they. And I'm not saying any of this better than the other. It's an art that they that they enjoy, like a painting yeah. or. Is that is that right? And I think how it came to to me is that I had uh, probably not the easiest emotional childhood, um, but I found that doing the summer stock or school productions, there was a lot of uh, energy, emotional energy that I could use. Whether it's I always wanted to do comedy, but they always put me in, you know. I had a very hard time trying to get comedy, uh, but they'd always put me in the, the dra- dramatic parts. But um, uh, I just found that a way of expressing, like art classes I, I loved. And that took a while to try and free me up from uh, the edges. I, keep, I just keep remembering the first thing I ever painted was an ice cube. Can you believe that? It was a hard thing to paint. It, it was a hard thing to paint. I didn't know until I started trying to paint it. But there was something I felt that was cold inside. So I, now looking back on it, it was the same thing with being other people. Uh, and when I took the part of Dulcie Coopersmith in Cimarron Strip, it was, oh gosh, my grandfather was alive during this time. This was 1886 or something. I, so I get to go back to the time of my ancestors and, I, you know, and play there for a while. And I loved it because of the costumes and the sets. Uh, and we had, at the same studio, we had Bonanza being, well, where was Bonanza being? Yeah, where was Bonanza being filmed? Because I was also in a Bonanza, Bonanza episode in the Wild Wild West and the Virginia and all of that. It was, I loved it. I loved it. And I loved so, it. How- but, you know, I was with stars there, you know, so I wasn't, nobody paid any attention to me. Or if they did, I wasn't aware of it. Totally unaware. And, and when you decided to stop, you were young. You were like thirty-six or something, weren't you? When you started to stop acting? Oh, it was 1979. Okay. So, uh, how was the transition for you? Like one time you're a star and you're acting and you've got recognition. The next time you've walked away. Did, how was the transition from from acting to not acting? Uh, fine. I didn't make any announcement. Uh, at all, I just turned down things as they came. Mm-hmm. Said no, I wasn't interested. And I used to use the line only if uh, um, Ruth Gordon turned that part down. Would I consider it? Because I kept thinking, I want to, I want to play parts like Ruth Gordon played. You know. Anyway, what a wonderful woman she was. Um, no, I turned things down, and I I started uh, writing. Uh, and I started designing, and uh, other creative, uh, then started painting. So there were other creative forms. And then I found that, for me, this made far more sense than, um, 
than being an actress. What was the hardest thing about being an actress, would you say? Or being famous? The attention. Mm. The attention. Because really and truly, I, I, I don't believe anybody thinks about me at ever, ever. And that's fine. I, I'm not aware of this happening. But when you are on television every week and it is the most popular show and, you, you know, you, the attention you get, I go into the supermarket and it's in there and, and everybody looks at me the different way, every, everyone. And I just, I, I'm just somebody who lives in the village who's going shopping just like you, you know? How, I don't want to be seen as different, which is why when I moved to Ojai 20-some-odd years ago, 25, 26 years ago, um, I didn't tell anybody. Nobody knew until just recently that I was had been an actress. Nobody knew, because why should they? What was the gift in acting, in having that time as being famous? Uh, the gift was uh, going to other countries, filming in other countries, um, working with directors, the creative force, the lighting, uh, the, the lighting cameraman is, is really important to a film. I love learning about the editing of films. Um, I'm not sure I ever wanted to direct, but I'd love to cast. I'd love to cast something. I, I like being... Uh, so there's so many parts of the film industry, unfortunately... The, the only one I didn't love so much was being in front of, <laughs> in front of the film camera, you know. But it was a wonderful experience, and you met a lot of amazing I did, people. I did. But I also met a lot of amazing people because I was married to Luke's dad, Nicole Williamson, who was also making amazing, um, in amazing productions, and so we got to travel, too, uh, to places that he got to... Uh, travel to to make movies so uh, and he knew a lot of very interesting people uh, he was older than me so he knew knew a lot so it's been an interesting life it was a chapter of your life so if you if you were to say there are a lot of people out there who want to become famous or want become a, want to become a star because today we're talking about being a star and how it feels and what it means. What would you say to a young person who was saying, I want to be a star? Why? Uh-huh. Why? And it's okay. I'm, I'm not going to come down with it. That's a good idea. That's a good reason or that's a bad reason. It's not that, about that at all. It's why. Mm-hmm. What, what is this? Because it's hard. It's hard work if you have no experience, you have no training, you have looks, you're going to be taken advantage of because of your looks, but you haven't got the training. You haven't. This is a hard thing for, for people to do. Whether you're a female or male, it's a hard thing to do. So look at why you want to be a star. Why? Do you want to be admired? Do you want to be looked up to? Do you want to be rich and famous? Why? And that's okay if you want to uh, be a bit more creative, trying different things, uh, like instead of playing the same sort of character in every production, because you're known for that sort of character, 
I was thinking right there is Tom Cruise. I don't see him in anything else but that yes, sort of all character, the same character. All the same character. So um, if you want to have a creativity about this uh, and you, you, you want to be an, a star because you want, to, you want to get into the creative aspect of this and uh, all aspects of it, I would say then know that. How do you get that? How do you go there? What, what is around you where you could study? Um, yeah, what is around you? Where uh, around you is there a place where you could study? And also, I think to realize what I've seen, um, there was uh, Julia Roberts' brother, was Eric Roberts, Eric right? Roberts. He was in a film that my husband Bob made called Runaway Train. And uh, I remember he came to the opening and they had to have security guards with him because he was so out of it on drugs and alcohol. And um, I think very often really uh, it's very difficult to keep for a lot of the actors who are hypersensitive to Mm -hmm. keep balance and to keep... To, to kind of find a way of uh, of being real and being who you are in a world yeah. that is that is buffering you around. Well, that, that's why again you ask yourself, why do I want to be a star? Okay, if you want to be a star because you want to be rich and famous and have people look up to you, you you know, and that's fine if you want to do that. But there are consequences. There are tests that you're going to be put through, challenges that you're going to be put through. Um, and a, a lot of that, this is going to be a, a challenge. It's going to be a challenge because you're going to want to be accepted. So what's going on around you that seems to be accepted that, you know, it could be a lot of dangerous things. It could be a lot of dangerous things. And, and the thing is that with, as always in our world, whether we're a star or not, some people are going to accept you and some yeah, people are not. Absolutely, but, absolutely. but the problem with being a star is it's all on the, you had that when you had your divorce. So it, it's like, it's yeah. the problem is if you get some negative, it's not just somebody being mad at you down the street. It's in the National Enquirer, it's in the newspaper. Yeah. And it's like everybody then looks at you with that negative slant. Yeah, well, we, oh, that, yeah, that was terrible because um, when Nicola and I were divorced, uh, he had no trouble speaking to the press and it kept these dreadful things were coming up this is in England on the front page and I refused to talk to the press because it has nothing to do it's all about privacy it's me being I don't look at me just you know don't talk about me don't look at me let me live my life and you know I would have people following me around I'd have letters uh I, I it so it, was, it got scary it got scary for a while and um and I just wanted to be normal and have, you know, normal friends. And um, So it's a huge challenge, really. Yeah, to and the, but I'm grateful for, um, and here again, ask, answering your question, what, uh, I would ask back to the question, why do you want to be a star? Why? Why do you want to be a star? If, if it's the, the creativity aspect of it, and you really want to learn all the tools that there are out there so that you can express the written word, the idea that the writer had that, you, that you're being asked to make live now, uh, I would suggest get some training because you're not, then you're not so alone out there. Mm-hmm. Those who are doing it for just to become rich and famous, and that's fine, but their challenges are great. And what you're going to think is, 
oh, I've got to do this to be part of that. I've got to do this. If I want to be part of that, you're just too open Yeah, and, and I think when I, I remember Taja was at a school in Los Angeles um, and she was playing with the star's daughter and this this person said, why don't we meet and go to a movie? I said, sure. I was running a few minutes late. She was standing with her daughter on the other end of the place where the movies were. And I said, it's okay, such and such. Uh, we're here. And I noticed her cringing. Yes. Because she thought... I got it. I got she, it. I got it. <laughs> she thought some whole crowd was going to yes. gather. But I didn't even enter my head because I didn't see her as different. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? But, but everybody else does. And yes. of course, it brings attention to... Yeah, I've been, uh, when we were uh, f doing the filming sequences of Poldark and we were in Cornwall, one year we had a cricket match to raise money for something in Cornwall. And, oh, you know, it was the war leggings against the Poldarks or something. And, um, oh my golly. So at some point, I don't even remember, but they, they rushed the field. And just being surrounded by people, you're being crushed, and people are holding books out and pens and stuff, and I can't breathe. We all, we all had to be rescued from this, but I still have this nightmare of all these hands and these people touching, and uh, you know, and I know it was there. Oh, I get to see my pol you know, Poldark's person. I wanted the autograph from or whatever, but it's it's. I don't like it. I'm, I don't like it. So as we're talking here on Earth Tribe Radio about being a star and what is it to be a star, it, it's multifaceted, isn't it? Yeah. And it, it, you may think that it's so wonderful to see somebody, whoever it is on the share or whoever it is, I know you know share too, but you see share on the things. But in the meantime, she has to go through a whole Oh, listen, I love share. And from our days in the 60s together, I love share. And I wish her everything that she would like. I hope she has it because she's an amazing person. Just because she was my best friend for a while doesn't mean I'm, I could do what she does. I could never do what she do, does. No way could I do. And she's a great actress as well as a singer. She is a yeah, good actress. She is a great actress. And, you know, I got to hand it to her, you know, uh, as I said to Tony Hopkins, asked whether I'd go back to acting. I said, no, I don't think I was ever really very good. Let's let the others have a go at it. And I look at Cher and I look at some of the others who never studied. They came to it a different way. They came to it through their music. But the music industry has the same same problem. Yes, it does. And I think so. Uh, we've been talking today about being a star at www.earthtriberadio.com.